Hello, everybody. I am the Common Sense American, and today I have what might be the most important message I ever sent. I actually said this last week, or I said it was going to be one of my more important messages, but as this crisis uh, rolls on, I'm sort of coming to these revelations on a day-by-day -day basis, and they're actually, they're not new. They're emphasizing what I have already seen and felt over the years. And I have made mention of this in the past um, about the direction our culture and our society is headed. And last week I said, you know, we, we were ripe for this. We were vulnerable and crippled well before this virus. And the virus took advantage of the fact that we are in exceedingly poor uh, physical condition. And that is something we cannot ignore anymore. However, there's another level to this. There's another layer to this. If you look around and you see how people have reacted to this in the past month and a half, two months, whatever, and you, uh, e even taking out the politics, you start to see something that's incredibly worrisome. And it's actually... a a little more worrisome than I even thought. Prior to this happening, I was always of the belief that we have been in a regression mode for years, if not decades, in terms of uh, human ability. And this has only brought that home. Now, this country and many countries since mankind really began, uh, how we built countries, how we built communities from the ground up, it requires a gigantic amount of fortitude and determination and stick to And it requires a hardiness and a willingness to do anything that is absolutely necessary to push forward. In the founding of this country, they had to brave everything from mass famine to war with the country that many of them left to... Uh, uh, the hostile uh, indigenous people of the of the nation, and I don't want to get into an argument over you know Europeans versus Indians. I don't even want to talk about it. Um, I, I understand that it was a conquering force. I understand many of the natives were innocents. Many were not. There were plenty of raiding parties, and many of them were warlike. And the concept of uh, humans going to another piece of land and conquering it is hardly anything new. It's what they've done for years. Uh, but that's not what I want to talk about. The point is what they had to overcome, what our founding fathers had to overcome, what they put in place, uh, what the, through the Industrial Revolution, just pushing forward through World War I, World War II, two of the most uh, unbelievably destructive events in the history of mankind. And by the way, happening within the span of about 30 years of each other, 25 years, and somehow this country managed to come out stronger than ever after both of them. Uh, a mass depression managed to recover from that. There was what we had to recover from, what we have built from the ashes of that which we presided over in the past, our ancestors. I have to say that that was a different species. You look around today, and my point is this. I am shocked at just how fragile and how fearful the average citizen is. We have become 
not just sheep in that our minds for many of the for many of us unfortunately are not our own we have people going around they just parrot whatever they hear when you reach a point where you only believe what you're told from a certain set of sources you think you trust without ever act you know acting on your own impulses and doing your own research and trying to find a little bit of truth for yourself you are in a position to be easily manipulated and easily led. And at the core of you, fear starts to blossom because I think a part of you knows that you are not in any shape or condition to think for yourself because you haven't done it in so long. And I'm going to reiterate the we can't handle anything uh, statement. If the Black Plague was here, if it was the bubonic plague, if, if, the, if that which wiped out a third of Europe uh, back in the 14th century, if that hit here now, if that's what this was, which it really isn't, if that's what this was, if this was a disease that was actually killing indiscriminately, spreading like mad, killing the young and the healthy with a mortality rate of about you know 95%, uh, we would have nothing at this point. The country would be in flames. We would be in utter chaos. There would be nothing. We, we could not handle it at all. There'd be no way. We would be in a mass panic from the start. Uh, people would be keeling over left and right. We would not be able to deal with it in any way, shape, or form. Now, I'm not saying that they had, you know, an easy time dealing of it, dealing with it back in the in the in the 14th century. And yes, it ravaged Europe. However, as many experts, especially health experts, will tell you, the most incredible part of that plague was not that one third of Europe perished, but that two thirds survived. Given this situation in, the, in that period of time in mankind, a very dark period where very, very little was known about, you know, health and hygiene and, and you know, people not really living very long. I think the average age at that time was like, I don't know, 44, 45, something. It was not old. And, you know, so when something like that hits, you figure and it spreads that way and there's no way to cure it, nothing they can do. Their, real, their only hope was that it would, you know get out of there of its own accord and there'd be some herd immunity or something, anything. And humans somehow managed. Two-thirds of that area survived. And given the disease and given the situation, that's pretty incredible. I don't know what would happen now. We have all these great advancements. However, none of it seems to be helping us in this case. We have no cure for this, at least not yet. There's no knowing when one comes. We haven't had a cure for the flu or the common cold in Ever. We don't. We can't. We don't know what to do with those. They just keep coming. Flu shots are a complete waste of time. Um, they guard against, I think, one strain. I believe how that's how it works. They guard against strain, maybe one or two strains, particular strains. And there's dozens of strains floating all over the place. The chances of them guarding against the one that, you know, they immunize you against is almost nil. I've known plenty of people who have gotten flu shots and got the flu. I've never gotten the flu. I've never gotten the flu shot. But it's anecdotal. Not saying it's a guarantee. I'm just making a point. And you look around, and how are people reacting to this? Okay, they got the masks, they got the gloves. And you will notice, and you will notice, you've probably encountered this yourself. If you're not wearing a mask or gloves, and, and it's not mandated, like say before this was mandated, in many places it became an order. It's an order where I am right now. But it wasn't up until, uh, up until like 10 days ago. Um, prior to that, it was an option. And if you did not have a mask on, and you came across people who, you know, obviously were very scared about this. Their reaction to you is not necessarily a fear, it's anger. They're absolutely 
pissed off at you. They'll yell at you, nasty, where's your mask, where's your gloves? They'll come right up to you and be in your face about it. I don't know why they're worried. They're wearing a mask and gloves. What the hell difference does it make if I'm wearing one or not? You have your protection. What? Why? What's going on? And whenever you see hostility like that, and you know it's mostly an irrational hostility, considering that if there's a 98% survival rate among people basically in between the ages of, oh, I don't know, 3 and 80. And you start to see in their eyes a fear that is that makes you afraid because you know that they are about ready to believe anything that they hear and they believe there's nothing they can do, that they're backed into a corner, that they're helpless and hopeless. And this is an attitude that is not consistent with what this country was built on. This is an attitude that has spread like the plague, a different sort of plague, a mental plague, if you will, over the past, I would say, probably since the 60s. This tolerance of and eventual encouragement of laziness, sloth culture, loser culture, the everything is okay, I can do whatever I want concept, the, oh, too much work is bad concept, money bad, success bad, which is what we're reaching at this point, you have created generations of completely helpless people. They can't do anything. You factor in the information technology age and their reliance on screens and how they are now, they've used that to communicate with their fellow humans for many years now. And this generation coming up, that you put a screen in their hands at the time they're two, three years old. Is it any surprise that these people are socially inept? And I mean completely inept. They can't talk to anybody. They can't look you in the eye. They're anxious and depressed constantly. When I was young, nobody was anxious and depressed. And I wasn't young that long ago. I'm only 41. And if you're older than me, you probably remember farther back. And can you remember anybody in their 20s or teenagers ever being anxious and depressed? Are you kidding me? That's not a thing. We were all full of energy and optimism and hope and verve and go. And we were going want to go get it. That's what our job was. We were going to get up in the morning and go. We enjoyed living life. We enjoyed being part of something. And many of us wanted to go to work and produce and contribute. And there was, a, you know, if you look at old uh, film reels, for example, just of uh, people walking in the streets in a city, uh, perhaps in the post-war, maybe late 40s and this is the 50s. Uh, and Or you watch, you know, movies obviously certainly have always been fantasy and not everyone's going to look like, uh, you know, Grace Kelly and Marilyn Monroe and Cary Grant. I understand that. That their movie stars have always been a different breed of sorts. At least, at least then they were very patriotic, very Christian. A lot of them, and not the sickness that they are now. But that's another issue. The point is, even then, you you, you look at how people interacted with one another. Everyone was thin. Everyone was energetic. They walked faster. They moved faster. They even opening doors, little things. Not to mention the speech patterns. People today will mock people from those ages for speaking so quickly. I don't know what they're making fun of, considering that that's generally a mark of intelligence. They are speaking very rapidly and 
comprehending what other people are saying very quickly. I have found that I will talk to people who I, you know, I don't know, or people in a store, clerk, whatever, and there's, there's a delay. I'll say something, and there's two, three seconds, even longer, of a delay with this sort of glazed look in the eye, and it's as if their brain's trying to catch up to what I say. Now, I understand that sometimes I speak quickly, but I have found that I try to, you know, slow down for their sake. And even when I do that, it's not, it, they're not picking up on what I'm saying very quickly. I don't think I'm saying anything. I'm asking a simple question. I'm not using big words. I, I, I don't know what the problem is. And when they finally have an answer, their eyes shift around. They, sh they fidget with their feet. They obviously don't want to be near you. They obviously have a, a real problem interacting with people. And yes, this does tend to be that 18 to 30 age group. And it's really worrisome. That did not happen. What, what is wrong with the, these people? This is not the group that built the country. This is a group that can't do anything. There are people, they, they're anxious and depressed. They can't even get their own gas. There's a, I have a friend who has, a, a friend of mine is a little older, and he has a teenage kids. And one of them just got their driver's license, and she can't get her own gas. She was so terrified of the, of the prospect that she couldn't do it at all. That she she thought that she needed medication because she was always anxious when she had to go pump her own gas. Is that an anomaly? I'm not sure it is. What can we handle? What can they handle? It doesn't seem like they can handle anything. If a real crisis came, we can't count on these people. They can't do anything. And it is arises from uh, a world where we're telling them that you know, it doesn't really matter what you do. It's okay. Everything is okay. We have, they have no real obstacles to overcome. Humans need uh, obstacles. We need to be able to overcome things. We need to face adversity. If we don't ever, we become slow and soft and stupid. And that is what is happening in this country. Our education system is in the pits. We've known that for a while. We've got people graduating high school who can barely read and write and add, especially compared to the education curriculum and what was required to graduate from high school 50, 60, 100 years ago. Take a look. You'll be shocked. You add that to the screens, the reliance on the screens, which I believe is turning people into absolute zombies. They cannot function well with other people. And by the way, if you ever notice you, they got a screen in their hands, you try and talk to them, there's a really long delay. They might not even know you're there for a while. Take the screen away, they're still not getting it quickly. You go back a ways. You watch people, how quickly they move, how quickly they act, how quickly they speak. And it's, yes, again, we're talking about a different period, a different time period. But you say you watch something like His Girl Friday, which I believe is Cary Grant and Rosalind Russell. It, it's... Every single person in it, whether they're an extra or whatever, they're all thin, they're all energetic, and the speech is so fast, you might have to rewind it to make sure you got everything that was said. It's, it's, a, it's a reaction. It's, it's, they're comprehending instantaneously what was said. And yes, I understand it's a script. I get it. They're reading from it. But it's also on the understanding that the people watching it will understand it and get it and not have to stare and go, what, what did they say? What, what was that? And the, the language used is far more intelligent, far deeper, far wittier, far craftier. Even people who spoke then just in general in passing on the streets. I've spoken to my, well, before my grandparents passed away, they would often talk about this. Even at their advanced age, they would wonder why people are suddenly moving so slowly. 
speaking so slowly. What happened? Why have you slowed to a crawl? And when a crisis hits, when this comes down the pike, which would not, as I have said in the past, would not have been much of a crisis, wouldn't have been a blip on the radar 50, 60, 100 years ago, when we were brimming, when we were ready, the young and the healthy would have kept going. And let me tell you, try and stop them. Try and turn them into the cowed, suspicious, fearful groups of people we have now. And yes, here's the political angle. The most of the people who are afraid, yeah, they're liberals. They're terrified. And I think they're terrified because they're terrified their whole lives. They're terrified of everything. They can't really do anything. They're the ones calling out sick because they got to, I don't know, they got to take their cat to the vet. They're calling out sick because they have a problem. They think they have a cold that might be coming on. I don't feel really good. I don't want to go in. I don't feel like it. Personal days, sick days, vacations out the eyeballs. <laughs> you know, I understand the need to take some time off. I understand the need for R&R. &R. I understand the, the, the need for balance in life and harmony. I get it. I really do. But we have gone way too far. The pendulum has swung too far in the other direction. And now they can't handle anything. They can't do anything. They don't want to do anything. And worse, they believe they don't really have to. They think they should be getting 80, 90, 100 grand a year for working 35, 40 hours a week at some little desk job. And that's just not the way the world is. This comes in, and I hate to tell you this, but I am willing to bet that there are a lot of people, again, especially in the younger age groups, who when this happened and the social distancing thing came in and the quarantining and this lockdowns all came in, they were secretly plenty pleased because now they didn't, they couldn't go to work. They couldn't go to school. Now there was all reason in the world to stay home. And that's exactly what they're doing, isn't it? I said last week, I said, look, this is a great chance to self-improve. We have to acknowledge that we are in terrible condition. Physically and mentally, we're in terrible condition. We're fat and slow. And what are people doing during this lockdown? What they're, they're lying on the couch watching TV. This is not what we need to do, especially among the youth. And I'm not saying it's, it's just them. Trust me, it's not. It's all ages. It's, it is both sides of the aisle. But I'm telling you, everyone needs to focus on this. Why is this happening at such an advanced rate? A combination of factors, just like anything else. The decades of, oh, well, yeah, everything's okay. What you want is okay. Don't strain yourself, you know. And the, this lack of direction, this lack of normalcy, this idea that there is no normal, that everything is, you, you know, uh, the transgender and the gay and whatever. Why, if, if everything's so much better, if everything's so much more tolerant, everything's so much more loving, right, then why is everybody so freaking depressed and anxious all the time? Why are those numbers off the charts? They're off the charts because that's what happens when human beings stop moving. My parents, my grandparents, they didn't have time to be anxious and depressed. <laughs> they didn't. Our founding fathers didn't either. I bet you there were no instances of any such thing. Yeah, they had rough days. Yes, they did. And hell, every day was rough, probably, in many cases. But they didn't have time to sit home and cry about it because people's lives are on the line. A country had to be built and maintained later. They went to work. They found a way to get things done. You don't have time for this. Go. We are giving these people far too much latitude. And all we're getting in response is nothing. Useless people who need to be taken care of, who are sitting in psychiatrists offices, who are sitting in doctor's offices, who have endless medical problems, both mental and physical, because they won't move. It's well known that anxiety and depression is tied to sitting inside and not getting outside. One of the best cures for the blues is to get the hell outside and they're not doing it and haven't been doing it for a long time.
And they cannot handle something like this. The fear in their eyes with the masks and the gloves. It's, it shows you what their mentality is. They're afraid of everything. They shouldn't be really too afraid of this, especially when it's the mortality rate is this low. And if you're a 30-year-old in, in relatively fine health, there's no reason for you to be cowering in your home and sitting in a corner. But you have an excuse to do it. Before, you were actually just fine doing it. You had your screens. You didn't like how anybody worked. I mean, you didn't want to do anything. This is just an excuse to keep that up, isn't it? You have people who cannot communicate, who cannot do anything, who cannot work more than 30 hours a week without keeling over, who deserve this, deserve that. Entitlement complex comes down the pipe. It's everywhere. It's rampant. And when a crisis hits, we can't count on people like this. This is not good. And those are the people who are supposed to be the future. And yes, again, it's, it is all ages. I have seen plenty of people, older people who have just, I don't know, it's like they've given up. They've decided that they're, you know, they're older and it's, it's tough. Yeah, it's, it's difficult to, to stay active and it's very tempting to sit. Uh, you know what? Just get the hell up and move. Uh, you know, I think there's, there's something that can be said for, and you'll feel better. Everybody will feel better. You'll feel better in every possible way. And when you set your mind to do something and you get up and you, and you have this attitude, this mentality of, I am not going to be beaten today. We are not going to be beaten today. I am going to set out and do something and I'm going to accomplish something and achieve something. And in the background, what do we have? What are all the messages for this crisis? We have to be together. We can't beat this unless we work together. Together, love and peace and blah, blah. All of it is basically saying you the same message. You can't do anything on your own. You can't function on your own. That is the underlying message that has been killing us for decades. Ignore it all. Stand up. Stand proud. Get your head up. Start moving with purpose. And maybe once again we can get this country back on track. But we have to do it quickly because this will hardly be the last we hear of this. We are not in good condition. Like I said, if we, if we don't fix ourselves and put ourselves back into a condition where positivity and cheerfulness and optimism and energy dominates the populace and everybody is just a mass rush of hustle and bustle to get things done. That's what we need to get back to. We're not in that. People slump around. They barely move. They, it's like they're crawl. I could crawl faster than some of these people. I'm running rings around people who are 20. I'm double their age. That shouldn't be happening. I was out the other day. I saw people, these kids out there. I guess they were just forced out because they were so bored. They're fat and doughy. They have no... Whatever happened. They have like zero capability to do anything. They try throwing a ball around. It's like watching four-year-olds just learning how to throw a ball. It's like they've never been outside. They can barely talk to each other. It, it is. It's a different species. This is not the youth that is going to lead anything. All of that has to stop. We need to get going again before everything collapses once again. Can't handle anything. And it's not just the youth. That's the scary part that they are young but can't handle anything. Rampant fear, perfect willingness to be manipulated and saying, okay, well, yeah, I'll stay inside. It's what I wanted all along anyway because I can't handle the out of doors. I can't handle reality anyway. Well, anyway, that is my spiel for today. I am sorry for going a little long. Once again, I really appreciate you listening. I'm, I'm sorry if I sound a little frustrated, a little, uh, maybe a little harsh. I don't normally, I think, but this sort of thing, now that I see it, now that it's in my face all the time, I just have to sort of vent. And again, I apologize if it sounds like venting. I, I don't like doing that. But sometimes these things need to be said. And I appreciate you listening. Uh, please tune in again next week. I do one little short show a week. 
I don't do ads. Everything is free. Please feel free to share with your friends if they think if you think they'll appreciate what I have to say. I certainly appreciate your time. And uh, that's it for me. I'll see you again next week. Thank you.